Pushkin. Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill-building courses for you to choose from because the steps you choose to take today will help you love what you do in the future. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. So in September of 2020, uh, there was uh, lightning storms that started over 600 fires over the span of a single day. Uh, it, it caused a number of enormous mega fires and really overwhelmed the fire department and smoke flooded over San Francisco and, and blanketed the sky. And all of us living in San Francisco woke up to a blood red Blade Runner sky and the sun never rose that day. This is Sonia Kessner. She spent a lot of her career managing supply chains for companies like Nest, which makes doorbells and thermostats, and Pax, which makes fancy vape pens. But the year before that day the sky turned red, she had founded a company called Pano AI. The company's initial goal was to reduce the damage caused by wildfires. After that day that the sky turned blood red, um, we talked to each other and decided we wanted to speed up. And we just got an outpouring of support um, from all of our friends and family. Uh, and, and everyone encouraged us, go out and raise venture capital funding, go as quickly as you can. We need folks working on this problem. And, and we felt optimistic, actually, that, the, that this crisis would lead to urgency in the market. Um, and, and we actually have seen that. So that's the, the silver lining of what was a very, um, a very scary and uh, bone-chilling wake-up call. I'm Jacob Goldstein, and this is What's Your Problem, the show where I talk to people who are trying to make technological progress. Pano, the company Sonia founded, mounts cameras on remote mountaintop towers, then sends panoramic images from those cameras to an AI model that's trained to spot smoke from wildfires. The goal is to alert fire crews early before the fire spreads. So far, Pano's customers include utility companies and firefighting agencies in several states across the Western U.S. and also in Australia. I should mention that I talked to Sonia last month before the fire in Maui. 
Sonia started Pano because she wanted to solve a problem that goes beyond wildfires. The problem is this. How do you use data to mitigate the damage caused by climate change? I will say, even after the sky turned red, uh, raising venture capital was not that easy for the first uh, year or two. The idea of using technology to adapt to climate change was still a very immature, nascent idea. Uh, there was starting huh. to be more focus again on technologies to mitigate climate change. But when we would meet with VCs, we had to start with, wait, tell me again, you're saying climate change is already here today. You're uh -huh. saying we should do something about it. You're saying we can do something about it. And that's where we started the conversation. Huh. That's interesting. So you're saying when you were trying to raise money when you started the company not that long ago, three, four years ago, the idea of like, oh, no, we live in a world where the climate already has changed and we need to deal with that and we need to build companies to deal with that. That was a novel idea. It, it was it was often the first time they had heard that pitch uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> was the meeting with me. So uh, so I had to start there. Climate change is not something in the far distant future, but climate change is here today. I think of myself as a realist yeah. or, or more um, more of a, a, a pessimist or realist than others where, you know, I work in supply chain. We're very good at thinking of what can go uh -huh. wrong. If you can, I, if you're willing to face the harsh reality of what might be going wrong or what is going wrong, then you can do something about uh -huh. it. So it, it's a, an optimistic take on pessimism, uh -huh. I guess you could say. Uh -huh. and, nice. and so I thought there would be a slew of adaptation uh -huh, companies, uh -huh. and I was actually shocked that there were not. Huh. Um, and and that to me felt like okay, there's a, a void here that needs to be filled. So climate change causes lots of problems. How do you land on fires? How how do you how do you get to starting the company that you start? We you know we actually at Pano uh, our mission is to bring more data to bear to mitigate all types of climate-driven natural disasters, floods, hurricanes, mudslides. Uh, but starting with wildfires is a natural place to start when you live in California and, and you've, you and your friends have experienced the devastation firsthand. Your friends have lost their homes and their children have been evacuated from schools. And there was also tremendous hunger from the firefighting community for new technology. Yeah. Um, when we went to start researching uh, the idea of bringing technology to wildfires. There was already a huge community ra raising a rallying cry. We need more technology as a force multiplier to tackle wildfires. Oh. And they were listing out what they wanted. We want cameras. We want drones. We want satellites. We want AI. We want mobile software. Um, please send us some <laughs> tools. And uh, uh, this is exactly what I knew how to build for my career and my colleagues who come from Cisco, from Apple, from huh. Nest, from Google. This is exactly what we know how to build. And But we looked around the space and there were almost no vendors. Huh. It's like a market calling out for suppliers. It, it, it really was. Yeah, it, I don't think it happens that often. I mean, there are, for our first product, uh, the actual detailed features for the product were written in a report from the California Public Utilities Basically Commission. saying, would someone please <laughs> so, build this and sell it to us? It, yes, exactly. That is exactly huh. what happened. So do you start the company and build that product that the California whatever was asking for? That is exactly what do they we did. So the thing that's challenging about this business uh, at Pano is uh, we need to have all the capabilities of a uh, Internet of Things company like a Nest uh -huh. or a Fitbit, because we design our own hardware. Uh, we manufacture it in this factory back here. Um, we 
design our own software. We design our own artificial intelligence algorithms. Um, that's the same as any Internet of Things, uh, say, consumer gad- IoT gadget yeah. in your home. Um, but on top of that, we also are a company that manufactures and deploys ruggedized equipment in remote locations. And so that makes us look more like a telecom company. We need those capabilities in-house as well, because one of the things that the customers really want in our industry is a one-stop shop. They want a company that just handles the whole thing. So just tell me how, just tell me how the system works. What happens? So at each tower location on a mountaintop, we deploy a pano station, which includes two ultra high definition security cameras. And these cameras are rotating 360 degrees every minute, capturing 10 frames of high resolution images. And we're uploading them to the cloud over cellular or a wired connection or Starlink. And then the data goes to the cloud and it goes to two places. Uh, First, the images go through our AI algorithm, which is Uh, looking for signs of smoke. And whenever the AI thinks it sees smoke, it adds a bounding box. And those bounding boxes are then reviewed by analysts in our Pano Intelligence Center. A bounding box just means the AI basically draws a box around what it thinks is the smoke? Exactly. That's exactly right. And so uh, our, our Pano Intelligence Center will dismiss any false alerts, but when they see that there actually is smoke, that means it's time to trigger an alert. Um, we arrange the the pano stations so that incidents can be seen from two stations, and we mark both. We have an algorithm that calculates bearing. We actually have a patent uh-huh. on this um, that allows it to be very accurate, and that creates a latitude longitude. Uh-huh. So, so just to be clear, when you say bearing, it's like there's a line from each camera, and you can figure out where the lines cross, so you yes. can know exactly the latitude and longitude of the site where there is smoke. Yes. Uh, because every spot can be seen by two different stations. That's that's right. And this triangulation strategy uh, was deployed in fire lookout towers for hundreds of years. They would use a dial and a string to to, to draw the bearing uh, manually in a lookout tower. So we just created the digital version of this. So we've done a human review. We've marked the fire. We've created latitude and longitude. We push out then uh, automated notifications through text and email to all of the emergency managers who have been onboarded to the platform in that area. Uh, And they all get alerted to this incident within minutes of the fire starting. And it gives them location information and it gives them a video Uh of the growing Uh smoke. Uh And I presume it's, it's a subscription. They pay you by the season or something. Yeah, we do an annual subscription um, and Pano, everything's included in that subscription and Pano maintains the equipment, uh, we maintain the AI, the, the Pano Intelligence Center, et cetera. The customers are just getting fire intelligence as a service. So tell me about developing the AI. Like, was there some off-the-shelf model that you could start with or, or what? Where did you start with the AI and what did you have to do? So we, we do use open source object detection models uh, like any company in, in modern computer vision would, but these are not specific to detecting smoke or fire. Uh, these are just models that are used to detect objects out of camera data. And then we need to train the model with images of smoke and not smoke. And uh, 
uh, it turns out that detecting smoke is a hard computer vision huh. problem. Uh, you know, I, when I first started the company, I mean, I'm a hardware manufacturing person. I thought the AI would be easy. You know, like I saw the Silicon Valley episode, hot dog, not a hot dog. I figured, you know, a couple months, couple months of loading some data into, you know, TensorFlow, boom, boom, yeah, yeah. done. Um, you know, three years in, um, we have a great model and it's still getting better every day. Um, smoke is a difficult thing to detect because a wildfire smoke is very rare. Uh -huh. um, it doesn't wildfires don't occur that often, but there are lots of things that look like smoke. There's cloud, there's fog, there's dust, there's barbecues. What did you have to do to make it work? It was harder than you thought. Like, how did you go from it not working to it working? Um, well, I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you <laughs> uh, on that one. But um, uh, I can't get into too much of the things we tried and what worked and what didn't work and how we how we got to our you know, end result. But, you know, what I'll say is that, um, you know, the range of tools have to do with the data you gather, how you label the data, um, the type of model you use, um, so certain model techniques, um, uh, the type of not fire data that you uh -huh, gather um, uh -huh. as well. You want to show the model lots of instances where there's dust blowing up from the ground and where there's fog in a way that looks kind of like smoke and all of the things we can think of that are smoke-like. Right. Right. And, you know, one of the keys to um, to developing a great AI program, um, which we're still uh, continuing to build out now. And actually, we just um, hired a new VP of engineering who had a 500 person team at Meta that included both machine learning and software. And he has a PhD in computer vision. He spent his entire career in this field. One of the first things he did when he joined us uh, a few months ago was to say, we really need to invest in infrastructure, huh. um, not just not just running the experiments and 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 building new versions of the model, but an entire end to end pipeline that lets you run these experiments more efficiently, gather the learnings, compare the different results and and then iterate and iterate um, faster and faster. And so actually, a lot of companies in the in the AI space right now are um, shifting to more focus on just as much focus on the infrastructure uh -huh. around AI development as as into the experiments themselves. Is that why NVIDIA stock is worth trillions of dollars all of a sudden or a trillion dollars? <laughs> yeah. One of the reasons. Yeah. One Are you constrained reasons. at all by hardware? Um, we're not constrained by it because uh, if you're willing to pay, <laughs> you can get as much as you need um, like from the cloud providers. Things. But it yeah. is yeah. But it is extremely expensive. Yeah. It is it is one of our uh, is definitely one of our highest R and D expenses uh -huh. is is the cloud compute for running experiments and then actually on on an ongoing basis. I mean we're uploading trillions of pixels and they have to all be processed yeah. every minute. And um, so one of our highest expenses is running the AI on all this data all the time. In a minute, lots of other ways that Pano might use data to mitigate the risk of disasters. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you get there? There are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. That dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools 
to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash wisefriend. Okay, 10 seconds. How many things can you name that are always growing? The universe, easy one. Um, my kids, so far. Uh, To-do lists. Uh, this month, my sugar snap peas. I know that's not always. I know I'm out of time, but I'm going to give you one more. Businesses on Shopify. <laughs> Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. There are key moments in every endeavor. I ask pretty much everybody I interview on this show about their key moments, their breakthroughs, their failures, their turnarounds, and Shopify can be there for you at all of your key moments. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash problem. Go to shopify.com slash problem now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash problem. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Now, back to the show. Earlier you said something to the effect that, like, the big idea for the company was not about wildfires per se, but it was an idea that better data could help mitigate natural disasters. Is that right? You just gave my elevator pitch for me. Okay. Thank you very much. Now I say we, what we heard from, from customers who work in disaster management is that there is a paucity of data at all phases of disaster response. And uh, those phases are the real-time response phase, which is probably what most of us think of when they think of disaster management, evacuation, search and rescue, fire containment, restoring power and internet. But there's three other phases. There's recovery, mitigation, which is determining how you're going to harden your system so that the disasters aren't as damaging the next time. And then preparedness, which is planning, making sure you have enough emergency blankets, making sure you know your evacuation routes and and you have, uh, you have shelters prepared. And uh, all of those phases need more data uh-huh. to face this growing threat. To be clear, you're not just talking about wildfires here, right? Is there a next kind of disaster you're thinking of or a next phase of disaster you're thinking of or both? Like, what, what, do, you, what do you want to do next? So we, our customers often uh, started out as wildfire mitigation teams mm-hmm. and then were asked to add mudslides and flooding and other disasters to their remit because uh, extreme heat, extreme cold, you know, for example, our power utility customers, all all of these disasters are incredibly disruptive to their power grid. And so we've been asked for uh, uh, 
to explore building situational awareness tools that can help them make better decisions, both in the real-time heat of the moment when they're trying to restore power, restore internet after a, a hurricane, for example, um, or after the fact when they're trying to analyze um, their entire asset map and decide uh, on how to deploy billions of dollars into hardening their system. The flood maps are 100 years out of date. How are they going to decide um, which region of their territory should they bury power lines first or second? Um, uh, you know, there's going to be trillions of dollars deployed over the next couple of decades to help humanity prepare for climate change, to help us harden our cities, harden our transportation infrastructure, harden our power grids. And where's the data to inform those that trillion dollars of spend? These customers are realizing that this data gap is a problem. Somehow, as you were talking about Nat about disaster management as a data problem, I was thinking of what you were saying earlier about supply chains and supply chains as sort of a worldview. And I couldn't quite nail the link. I couldn't quite articulate the connection. But can you? Do you feel a connection between those? Actually, you're you're getting at something which I didn't share you know, to your question of why I wanted to found this company. Um, I had been... An, in terms of thinking about getting into the field of disaster management, I something I had been thinking about for many years because uh, every time I would hear on the news about a disaster and, and I would envision the skill that it would take to go cope with this disaster, it actually reminded me a lot of supply chain and manufacturing. Uh -huh. in, in what way? So when you're running a supply chain well, nobody notices you. Everything just shows up on time beautifully and uh, and it's it's invisible. So you need to make very, very meticulous plans of exactly what you're going to build and all the necessary pieces that need to go into place to make sure that you can manufacture that product at the quantities you need on time and get it to where it needs to go. So you're planning meticulously. And then all of your plans never go as planned. Yeah. No. <laughs> you, you, you still, uh, all your well-laid plans um, still result in uh, fire drill, fire drill, fire drill, fire drill, just a disaster, disaster every single day. I mean, it's a super high adrenaline yeah. job <laughs> where um, where there's a labor strike, there's a pandemic, there's a, um, a, a you know, something's held up in customs, uh, it, the, the supplier got confused and made the wrong color. Um, just disaster after disaster after disaster is what happens in supply yeah. chain. And you need to recover and think on your feet and and figure out how to resolve that issue. Um, and at the end of the day, um, things result in, in calm and stability uh, and, and you save the day. <laughs> and, and I, you know, disaster management, I think, has a lot of similarities where emergency managers, they spend the off season meticulously planning for how they're going to harden their system, like building fire breaks and safety zones, how, how they're going to be prepared, like communicating evacuation plans and rehearsing and having drills and, and ordering emergency blankets. And still, when the fire comes, they need to react in real time um, and make snap spur of the moment yeah. decisions. Um, and so I think I have, coming from supply chain, I have a lot of empathy for our customers' emergency management. And I can imagine how the more data that they can have, the better they can make their decisions. Because being in supply chain, data is is key. You know, what I when I was leading supply chain organizations, my goal was to 
uh, surface data on every on as far upstream in the supply chain as I could go as early as possible. And if I could look, if I could look, you know, 12 weeks upstream into the supply chain, and I saw, oh, they had a labor strike. I know there's going to be a problem, you know, coming at me 12 yeah. weeks from now. But when I have 12 weeks to react to it, it's much easier for me to solve yeah. that problem than if I only find out about that labor strike when that part just doesn't yeah. show up. Data is critical to running a supply chain and, and emergency managers share the same thing. The more data they have, the more they can respond efficiently and safely. Yeah. There is some similarities. You were right. It's good. There is, it's good. There is something work. that ties it all together. <laughs> we'll be back in a minute with the lightning round. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life? What are you doing now to help you get there? There are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. That dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash wisefriend. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. Oracle.com slash strategic. Back to the show. So we do a bunch of questions at the end of the show. I didn't realize when I wrote those questions for this interview how much we talk about supply chains in the main part of the interview. I wrote a bunch of supply chain lightning round questions for you, oh, but that's cool. okay. okay. Let's do them anyways. Yeah, my favorite topic, um, so that's great. What do you love about supply chains? 
I, I think what I love about the supply chain is both the planning part and the um, and the <laughs> adrenaline part of of having to uh, to have the diving catches in the moment. Diving catch is a great metaphor. Who doesn't love making the diving catch? Yeah. Um, what was the difference between managing the supply chain for high tech vape pens at PAX and managing the supply chain for fancy thermostats or cameras at Nest? Um, uh, the, those supply chains are pretty similar, to be honest. Um, the, the reason we get so many awesome cool gadgets uh, so quickly into the market is that the consumer electronics industry has built a really mature supply chain that's made up of building blocks that can be rearranged into very different products. So the building blocks of both of those products are um, surface mount technology, uh, which is how you make the printed circuit boards. And then the other building blocks are mechanical components uh, that go around those electronics. Uh, so plastic injection molded parts, metal um, formed parts. Um, our supply chain here at Pano is radically different, uh -huh. however. Yeah, it's interesting to think of when you describe it, how many things we get are just circuit boards with plastic wrapped around them, right? So many things. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, yep. By the way, I do, I don't want it to seem that simple because my husband is a uh, leads hardware engineering and um, at a, a startup, and and he would uh, say it's not that simple. Fair. <laughs> um, so now you work in the world of natural disasters, and I'm curious: Are you a prepper? Oh, that is a great question. Uh, you know, we do have our um, earthquake kit. Uh, we do have our finally filled up our water jugs. Uh, I, I said to my husband, like, it will just be too embarrassing if I founded an emergency management company and then we die because we didn't have our jugs of water in the earthquake. Vanity and shame as a motivator to not die works, right? Why not? Honestly, uh, it's really um, emergency preparedness is really important. If everything goes well, what problem will you be trying to solve in five years? I think... Uh, the response phase is low-hanging yeah. fruit, and we have a tool that really helps in the response phase. But mitigation is just as important, and we need to we need to think through how many more helicopters do we need? Where do we need to bury power lines? What fuel breaks do we need to cut? Um, what are ways that we can harden our cities and and infrastructure against wildfires? But I also would like to help solve problems related to other disasters, like like how do we restore power and internet faster after a disaster? Uh -huh. Right. Um, and and can data help in that in that solution? Uh, so I'd really love to be working on that problem. Um, and I'd also really love to be helping inform policymakers around uh, rebuilding efforts. Uh, build back better is an expression used in Washington. You can't build back better if you don't have data. Sonia Kastner is the founder and CEO of Pano. Today's show was produced by Gabriel Hunter Chang and Edith Russelo. It was edited by Sarah Nix and engineered by Amanda K. Wong. You can email us at problem at pushkin.fm. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Goldstein. I'm Jacob Goldstein, and we'll be back next week with another episode of What's Your Problem? The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators 
whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you, and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored among some of the most influential leaders in industry, and me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.